Mm. Do you guys remember how to podcast? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like the first time all over again. Um, I added like the first time. Oh my god, it's a good song. Don't. Oh my god, that song. It's a good song. <laughs> Rated NA, the podcast, I think, for the site nerdappropriate.com. And this is episode, I also think, 216. Yeah. And I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Ash. And I'm Kate. Hey, Yay. Kate's Thanks here. Thanks for coming, Kate. Scott's oh. not here. Unfortunately, no. We, we, tried, we tried to hold out to get all three of us on at the same time, but schedules are not permitting currently. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was a, rough, a rough patch there. And then all you know, we we started getting some tweets being like, "Are you guys still gonna do the show?" And we we're like, "Fuck oh, no!" <laughs> yeah, it was really sad. Like I was on my lunch break and I was like, "I have to, I just have to do this. I have to do this." Yeah. So uh, thank you guys for uh, for for hanging out and doing this. It yeah. has been a long time for me, especially I think even before PAX, like maybe uh, yeah. two and a half months, three months. I, I think, don't know. I think oh, the wow. last Wait things we put out were PAX. I think Kate was on the last thing we put out. So I think so. That was it. And then we were like, oh, we'll, we'll run the panel, you know, to cover. And then we should be right back. And then we just, we all went into a, a deep pit of despair for a little while. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, this month is brought to you once again by Loot Crate. Crazy. <laughs> these guys are these guys are nice. They've been helping us out for a while. They have. And uh, thank you to everybody who has signed up through this, this code. But this month's theme is combat. Uh, get ready for combat. Looters are... Plus two socks can help you outrun the undead or super mutants. Enjoy your plus two accessories with a unique item sponsored by Nuka-Cola and make your capital sponsors jealous with your bonus accessory. Finally, prep your 3D maneuver gear because our plus one wearable is ready to go scouting. I have a feeling um, there's going to be a heavy Fallout theme. I feel like Fallout, yeah, <laughs> is, is what might be uh, in that, that Loot Crate. So if you're a Fallout fan, go sign up now at LootCrate.com slash RatedNA um, and use the code RatedNA and you get 10% off your uh, your subscription that you sign up for. So head over there and do that, support us, and get what looks and sounds like uh, some Fallout gear because Fallout is coming next week. And M- Might I just say that last month's crate was probably my favorite one ever? Because it was yeah. all time travel stuff, yeah. And it um it had a Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure shirt that just said "Be excellent to each other" with uh, <laughs> them doing the the party party on uh, pose, yeah. So that was just amazing. It had like a little tiny replica hoverboard, um, had like a, a Doc Brown uh, Funko Pop. That's awesome. And uh, not a big Doctor Who guy. I know that's gonna piss some people off, but it None also had on a... the show. It's very weird. Like it never yeah. hit for the three of us. It had a, a sonic screwdriver of some sort in there that I just was kind of like, I don't even know what that means. But <laughs> <laughs> but that was in there, too. So it was a really good crate. I liked it. That's awesome. So uh, let's do the rundown. So on today's show, we are going to uh, catch up. Not mustard. We're going to catch up with each other about what oh. we've been doing <laughs> for three months. You guys like that joke. Go with it. Uh and then uh, we're going to talk about today, actually the day we are recording is N7 Day, so we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, new trailer, teaser trailer that came out for Andromeda, 
Andromeda, right? That I just yes. Yep. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, we've got a couple of crazy fan theories. I don't know if you guys read these, but they're they're batshit crazy, and I love them both. And I wanted to talk to you guys about that. We think about we found Star Wars or Fast one Fast? one Star Wars and one is Batman v or Superman v Batman. Mm, or interesting. And then uh, they found an alien superstructure, guys. Have you guys read this? It's a little old, I know, but I just thought this news is really awesome, so I wanted to bring it up and see if you guys had talked about it. I have it. not seen that. I did see they, they found out what killed Mars, like, yesterday, though. What? So, yeah. Okay, well, then we're just going to talk about space for a little bit. Yeah. In the, news. Oh, the what killed Mars thing is so good. It's crazy. And then for reviews, uh, we're sorry that this episode's going to be seven hours long, but we yeah. haven't done one in three months, so here you go. <laughs> so fuck it. <laughs> Ash is going to talk about PS4s Until Dawn. He also played uh, Rebel Gal. Galaxy. Um, Ash and I will talk about Fall TV and the shows we like and don't like, either returning or new. Um, I have been playing a bunch of Halo 5. We'll talk about that. Sky Shines Bedlam, a, a hit from uh, PAX that I picked up on Steam. And then also, guys, I've been playing Rock Band 4, like a whole bunch. So yeah. we will talk about what's new in Rock Band 4 and how good or great or maybe not it is. Will that keep everybody around? I don't know. Click the link to find out. Uh-oh. <laughs> Click here for the top 10 reasons Rock Band could be good. Um, question of the week for our Naquato. First one in a very long time. We want to know what you've been up to. So what have you been up to for the past few months? We want the details on what you've been playing, watching, eating, and doing. Hey, Kate, what have you been up to since PAX? Oh, gosh. Um, let's see. I started a new job. Awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Sweet. Thank you. I can walk to work now, which is oh, that's, oh my god, incredible. Yep, a fifteen-minute brisk walk in the morning is wonderful. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Um, aside from that, I've been writing a lot. Uh, I'm doing NaNoWriMo right now. Yeah, I thought about starting national... it. Melissa does it every every year, and I thought about actually doing really? it this year. Yeah, she does. I don't know if she's on it right now, but she was supposed to be. What so. What is this? What is this? What is what words did you say? National what is it national novel write, writing novel month? writing month yeah oh cool yeah you try to write 50,000 words in a month um which i guess is technically an adult novel although you can't sell a 50,000 word novel to anyone um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i am um plugging away at that and it's, maybe it's you can't <laughs> horribly well because huh. there's like is there like <laughs> daily settings and it's like social you've got friends that'll like can watch and cheer you on and stuff like that right yeah, they have a website. I'm not actually using the website this year, but I did set up a um, like a communal Google Sheet oh, with cool. a bunch of other people. Yeah, so nice. we're just yeah cheering each other on. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and I've been reading some books, um, playing Destiny. I recently got back into Fez, which is one of <sighs> my very favorite games. I, I know you hate puzzle and... platformers. No, that's that was me, <laughs> not Ash. But oh. I, got, I got stuck on a part on Fez to the point where I just like didn't know how to get out of it and I think I quit at that point I don't remember where it was I was playing on the 360 when it first came out yeah well there's like there's like two layers to the game right there's like the base game and then if you want you can go and decode all of the language and the numbers and that gives Uh, you like a whole second tier of game oh my gosh yeah so it's crazy it's a blast what have Um, you been reading what have I been reading? Let's open ye old Goodreads. Um, I'm rereading the Harry Potter series for the first time as an adult. Oh, hey, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So I read them uh, when they came out as a kid. And then I stopped after Goblet of Fire because I think there was such a huge gap between that and um, whatever the fifth one was. Yeah. 
And um, so I haven't read the last three books at all, but I just finished Chamber of Secrets. Fifth one's Order of the Phoenix, right? Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. I think it is Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. But I like the movies, so I figure I might <laughs> as well read the actual books. <laughs> I totally don't want to, like, age, whatever it's called, ageism or whatever. But yeah. You saying I read them as a kid hurts me a little. <laughs> yeah, I, was like, I was like, oh, man, I remember it yesterday, like, when those books came out. And I was an adult in the house I live in now. I, was, I remember when the I think the third book came out and I was on tour. <laughs> I was like, oh going, I made the whole band go to the bookstore so I could buy it and read it on the road. No, but I was, I was in like school going to recess. With the book. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> What's happening to me? Sorry, you guys are ancient. It's oh, OK. Seriously. It's OK. I just I, you said it and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> that hit right where it hurts. Yeah, I've read a bunch of other really great books, though. I don't. Did you finish Nemesis Games? Did we talk about that? We never did. We talked on Twitter about talking about it, but we did not ever actually talk about it. We should do. We should still do like a spoilerful minisode or something of uh, of Nemesis Games talk because I actually really liked. You and I talked it out on Twitter, but I really liked sort of the tropes that they led you into, and then the complete shattering of those troops on the way tropes on the way out of it you know what i mean yeah, like they kind of led you right making up. you think they were doing something and, the, and they completely didn't do that at all so that was super great yeah agreed um, did you see s- i could talk about books all day you guys oh i know bookcast bookcast <laughs> but aside from that i mean it's really been it working reading writing playing fez and assassin's creed syndicate and uh how do you like Syndicate? I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, I really like having the two protagonists thing. Having a female co-protagonist is really awesome for me. I've never really been super into the uh, AC games prior. Right. But now I'm like, oh, this is really cool. That is That's cool. cool. That's really cool. Yeah, so um, heartily recommended. Cool. I'll definitely have to check it out. I kind of got a little burnt out on that series. Like, I, I got maybe... I don't know, two hours into unity. And it was just like, you know what? I, I have, I've just done, you know, I've done Batman. I've done at that time, uh, uh, middle earth game. What the hell is it called? Shadows of Mordor. Uh, Shadows of Mordor. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, I have assassinated so many people. I have yeah. to stay away from it for a while. So it was weird that Shadows of Mordor basically just took Assassin's Creed and Batman and kind of like put them together, Yeah, but somehow made them both feel not Batman as much, maybe but to me made, Assassin's Creed feel a little old all of a sudden, you know, you're mm-hmm. like, Oh, Whoa, this is like, this is brand new feeling. And then, uh, but I've heard, I've, I downloaded the, the pirate one. Ooh, it was a game of gold. So I got that for Xbox one. I'm going to start it up. I fell off the series entirely after two, they, they started putting like one out every three months. And I was like, I yeah. don't know how to keep up with this. <laughs> so you know, black flags. Great. Yeah. Main, mainly. I mean, the, the combat's great, but the ship combat is just genius. I absolutely love it. So. Yeah. Everybody told me to skip two and three and just jump into black flag and go from there. So I'm gonna Plus, do Henry, Henry Rollins is in the game and you know, hmm. yeah, really? No, I'm kidding. Oh. A terrible black flag joke. <laughs> I thought he maybe voiced someone, and I was like, "Oh, that's delightful." That would have been so hip for them to do that to get that Henry Rollins yeah. to voice. They missed, they missed, they missed the mark there. Get like Greg Ginn on it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, come on, old punk rockers, <laughs> join in with Ash and I. We're old. Three, three people in our audience are like, "Yeah, man, that's a great idea." 
everyone else is like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Oh, <laughs> oh man. Uh, anyways. Kate, you got to pick a person if you're moving on. I got, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. Ash, what are you doing? Man, uh, I missed doing this so much. Like, seriously. It was a part of my soul was dying every week when I was not recording this show because it was kind of kept me sane for a long time. So coming back and doing it feels great. And also, uh, this is our five year anniversary month. I know. Out. <laughs> Which is crazy. So happy anniversary, guys. <laughs> Yay. Five years is crazy. Five um years. we went we went almost five years without <laughs> stopping. And, I know. So close. Life uh, kicked our kicked our uh, private areas. So yeah, uh, it's been really busy. Um I, you know, I started earlier uh last December really working in the games industry in the game. Uh, Sword Coast Legends came out, and I was the community manager. And we fair. Did, Yay. And we did Crunch uh, for a while. So um, I won't get into detail about the Crunch, but it was, you know, it was a lot of a lot of being at work and not being at home. And so that meant not a lot of free time, not a lot of time to, uh, you know, to really feel like talking about video games. <laughs> right. <laughs> and talking about pop culture. I was just like, I couldn't even, like, I would just come home and basically, like, eat and sleep and then go back. So, um so it's good to you know have my my brain kind of back in action you know ready to talk about some fun things that I've been doing. So other than that, um, let's see. Since I was last on the show, I'm just God. I've I've been playing some games. I played some Rebel Galaxy, which we'll talk yeah. about. Um, I've been uh, watching some uh, some fall television, which is actually like a lot of the shows that are returning have been pretty good. So we'll talk about that. Um, a lot <laughs> of the new shows. Um, haven't been all that great. I found a gem though. We found it this this like two weeks ago. So we'll talk. Oh, cool. About it. Yeah. yeah, I want to hear about the gem. So, um, see what else? I haven't really been to the movies in a while. Uh, it, I kind of feel like Scott. Like I just haven't gone. Yeah. Um, I did on Halloween. I watched um, It Follows, which was fucking incredible. I can't get my wife to watch Babadook or It Follows. It Follows will probably make your wife um, soil herself. So okay. it's <laughs> it's super scary. Um. I also watched a horror comedy called uh, The Final Girls, which I've heard is that's uh, pretty good. It's really good. It's sort got a great cabin cast. in the hills ish, right? Or cabin in the yeah. Woods, it's um. I mean, the, the short version is uh, this one girl's mother is a scream queen who um, dies in this tragic accident, and she never really got to you know bond with her mother, and you know she's still kind of grieving over her mother's loss, and then um, she ends up going to a screening of this film for her mother, and she and all of her her kind of weirdo friends get sucked into the movie uh, and mm-hmm. can interact with the characters from the movie as if it were real. And so they can actually change history through interacting with this, uh, this horror film. But it, it's like, it's really well done, really unique, um, totally silly, totally goofy. It's got a uh, Thomas Middleditch in it. Um, awesome. Silicon Valley. And uh, oh geez, I, I'm blanking on the cast right now, but everybody in it is really, really incredible. So definitely check out Final Girls and check out if you want to get scared, check out It Follows. They were doing a special um, for Xbox movies. You could rent it for like a dollar around Halloween. I don't know if that's still mm. going on anymore, but definitely worth a rental for a buck. So, but man, uh, God, I've, I've done so much. I don't even know where to begin. But <laughs> I just want to, you know, it's good to be back. It's good. Hopefully, we we get back into a routine now and. Um, and uh, let's talk to Matt. What's Matt doing? Uh, I, too, have been in Crunch for a while. Um, I'm just going to say I work at Showtime and I build stuff. None of these opinions are of Showtime's opinions. I can say that now. Is that cool? Yeah. Does that work? 
I didn't know Ooh. you could allow you were ever allowed to say that. I don't fucking care. They're not gonna fire me. So uh <laughs> I mean, as long as I'm not like the way Showtime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever. So, um, yeah, I built the new Apple TV app for Showtime, and my life was crazy for a little while. So, well, congratulations, man. Yeah, yeah. If Same. you saw me at PAX and I just looked like a deliriously tired like zombie walking around, is <laughs> because I was on like eight, my what did I say, Ash? Like eighteen thousand miles of travel. Yeah. At that point, I think you passed me oh, because you did you did Germany, so you you blew past me in distance, but. Uh, I was going back and forth to California a bunch and was very tired. And that's that's quite a long flight anyway, New York to. Uh, it's just a weird one, you know. Like it just it feels like an hour longer than it is sort of yeah. like two hours longer. I don't know. Yeah, I did a San Francisco trip last month um, on Kate's birthday actually, but I didn't get to see Kate. But Aww. I was there for like uh, I don't know, like twenty four hours. It was it was horrible. Mm. I like got off the plane, I slept, I did this event, and I got back on the plane and I flew back, and I was like. Where am I and yeah. what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been, I too have been watching a bunch of TV. I, we've talked a bunch over Slack about how disappointed we are with some of the fall TV shows, but I did yeah. find one that I really liked and we'll talk about it later. Cool. I believe everybody in suspense. I know. I, I'm actually really interested. Uh, I am finally going back to cutting the cord. Oh, you are. I'm ditching cable. My bill has been like all over the place. Like, I it was like forty bucks and then eighty bucks and then one hundred and thirty and then ninety and then one twenty and I'm like I don't know what the hell's going on so I'm I'm done with it. We're we like we patched up all the different systems. I'm like okay, well if we have Hulu for these shows and then we have Netflix for this and then we'll hook up the antenna and we'll do uh, Sling TV to kind of like Sling TV is our way of. Um, sort of like it's like our methadone, if you will. Oh, okay. <laughs> Like if TV is ha- if cable is heroin, which I feel like it is, uh, Sling TV is basically live cable. So you get like ESPN and TBS and all that stuff. The app itself is terrible, but whatever. The it lets you kind of like come home and veg out on just like not having to think. You can just throw on whatever piece of crap show is on TBS or you know Sports Center or something. And mm-hmm. HGTV I think is on there too. It's like it's all like the worst. It's like the McDonald's of channels, you know. And uh, so it's like the best cable channels, but they're all the things that just play junk TV essentially. But anyways, uh, so we got that and, and we're kind of like all setting it up. And so far it's been fine. Um, I really haven't missed cable a whole bunch. I thought I would. The only thing I'm missing a little is some of the DVR stuff, but Hulu covers a lot of that. Like Hulu is kind of amazing. The stuff that they, it's gotten they a lot have. better. Yeah. It's gotten a lot better. You used you to only have like two episodes of a show yeah. for like oh, two Jesus. days and you'd be like, what is happening with this? Do you know what's really gotten better on Hulu is the movies. Oh, really? Yeah, they've started pulling down. Like, I don't know if they won a contract out from Netflix or something, but they started getting, like, good recent movies. Like, they, the thing they had that was kind of better than everybody else was they had the Criterion Collection, so you could watch any one of those, like, kind of more art house films that, that are oh, cool. good. But they've started pulling, like, mainline, like, big titles, which is kind of cool, so... Um, been playing a bunch of games. We'll talk about some of them. Halo Five. Uh, I'm about three quarters of the way through the solo campaign, which isn't super long. I've done a little bit of multiplayer, and I haven't co-opted it all yet. Um, gotta gotta do that still. A uh, bunch of Skyshine's Bedlam, which was the game we found at PAX that Scott and I both really loved. It's kind of like an FTL meets um, meets Mad Max sort of game. 
Uh, what else? Oh, so I didn't watch any new movies over Halloween, but I've been watching like old ones. I've been going back and watching like classic horror films. I watched Reanimator, which we talked about. Love it. <laughs> love that movie. I love Reanimator. It is it is so weird and goofy and like awesome. And the end, <laughs> I forgot, and we won't because it's you know I know it's triggering and there's weird stuff that happens in it at the end. But it is the most baffling ending to a movie. When the zombie headless guy is like trying to, <laughs> like, the whole, I don't know, you have to watch it. I don't want to get into it on the podcast. It is a goofy, weird, fun. If you liked like old, I don't know what to come like. Not trauma. It's it's probably like a step above trauma, right? Yeah, yeah. Like a step above trauma, but like not it's kind quite of slapsticky. Horror. But at the same, it's a horror comedy, but it's incredibly at the same time like a black comedy that's just really super violent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's awesome. So I watched Reanimator. Um, I made everybody <laughs> during, although it was too long and we didn't finish it, but I made everybody watch Nightbreed. <laughs> um, so it's we a were hard one to go back to. I loved that movie growing up, and I tried to watch it recently, and I was like, I don't know. Well, the, don't... it's just too long. The reality is, it just needs to be edited down because it's like yeah. it's like two and a half hours long. It's a really long movie, and uh, we started it, and I could tell everybody was just like, "What the hell are we?" <laughs> <laughs> what are we watching and then the guy in the mask comes and just like slices up a family like in the first like five ten minutes of the movie that happens and everyone in the room went whoa <laughs> i was like yeah nailed everybody and then so then we're they were like trying to guess at what the hell was going on for the because the rest of the movie is just batshit crazy like out of the blue they they find like a magical <laughs> source of living beings who bring them out. the whole thing is so like ludicrous that it, it's just wonderful i love that yeah. movie so much yeah. so i don't think it's that hard to revisit i think you can it's just long like i said if you're ready for a long movie then it's fine but it's it is a little weird and it's slightly out there um but we revisited that i rewatched uh, friday the 13th which is just good slasher stuff and then I don't know. Watch some other stuff. I too haven't been to the theater. I'm still like I haven't even seen Jurassic World yet. So we're we're hoping to rent that so I can watch it and catch up a little bit. Nice. Um, and then I started reading under Ash's tutelage. Oh. <laughs> no, but I picked up. I wanted to get another fantasy novel in, and I've been. I keep revisiting Game of Thrones, and like I, I for whatever reason, it is just not. It was better on. This is like my fifth try of reading it, and it was better this time. Um, but I still just, it's just, uh, it plods a little too much. I don't know what it is. It, maybe I'm just dumb and I just can't get through it. I have no idea. But I picked up the first Dritzt, 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 Dritzt book, uh, and started reading it. Oh, nice. Um, we had talked that I picked it up a long, 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 long time, like in high school, picked it up to read it. And, uh, never really, I don't think I understood it or I, it just, it wasn't the, like I was so used to Dragonlance and other parts of the D and D world. I, I didn't really know the forgotten realms part mm-hmm. and uh, this time much better. And I'm really enjoying it. I'm, I don't think I'm super far. I'm like a quarter of the way. And I just picked it up a couple of days ago, Nice, but, but it is, it's good. It's like the only thing that's tough is the names. The names yes. are a little, little brutal. That, that first novel is um, really name heavy, but yeah. the good thing is, is he brings a lot of the people back. And so you're like, Oh, okay. Like I remember that guy. I remember that guy. Well, they all and, also all have names that begin with d like (laughs) every single family and character is like dritz denorian deverus and and devrin go talk to donnie and you're like what is happening (laughs) (laughs) get off the d you made these characters get off the d whoa hey (laughs) 
com- it's like a common thing I think with authors that get hooked on a letter for names, right? Isn't that like a trope? Like that's a thing that that happens in the writing world where people have names that all start with the same letter half the time. Yeah. It's bad. It's rough. It's rough, man, to read. But so I got on that. It was really good. Uh, I'm enjoying it so far and a little bit of, I'll finish Game of Thrones one day, the books, but who knows? One day. I've got my whole life in front of me, guys. <laughs> news <laughs> today's n7 day it we're is. celebrating mass effect yeah yay they're so lucky they get a free day you know they're just like oh this makes sense didn't the fans really do that first and then they just sort of adopted it you're like you know what that's right yeah i think so yeah Did we multiplayer yeah. on n7 day yeah first? we have before yeah. it's great we need to do that again more multiplayer oh man mm, such a good multiplayer it's the best it was great last yeah yeah, so N7 Day is going off on a social media. I don't know if you guys have checked the tag on Twitter, but it's a lot of people sharing, you know, like funny videos or their memories of playing Mass Effect and stories of how they met, you know, their husband or wife or their best friend or whatever through Mass Effect. So it's really heartwarming. It is really cool. cool. I mean, it is, you know, we we said it a million times on the show, but the Mass Effect series is... uh, very near and dear to all of our hearts, and it's a uh, it's a great one. But what what dropped today? There was something special they released. Oh yeah, they released a teaser trailer for um, the game that's supposed to come out holiday twenty sixteen, Mass Effect Andromeda. My money is not holiday twenty sixteen. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah just, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm just gonna go on record and say probably probably not. But <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean that the teaser. Uh, Probably by the time this comes out, everyone will have seen it. But it's really it's quick. It's like less than two minutes long, and it's a, a bunch of clips of sort of the the miracle of space travel, you know, and exploration, and then kind of segues into um, what looks to be you know a look at a new galaxy to explore. So yes, that's really freaking awesome. I mean, I I just love that this one is supposed to be all about you know it's very open. It's allowing mm-hmm. you to kind of go, and, you know, forge your own path and, and do your own thing. Um, so, you know, it is a very teasery. Like we still haven't. I don't think we've still seen gameplay yet. No, mm-hmm. not at all. So uh, it's going to be a while. I'm interested because it's it's going to be it feels like a real balance. They're going to have to strike between narrative and exploration, though. Right. I mean, yeah, it looks like they had a tough time doing that with inquisition so now they have a little bit of practice at least hey if they want to work out the kings on dragon age and then make mass effect awesome for me that's (laughs) wow (laughs) i don't know that it's good or bad i've literally barely played it i assume it's an amazing game i just am not a big dragon age guy no but I, i think that's the that's the inherent problem with all open world games is um you know you it's very hard to make a compelling narrative when you don't know how long it's going to be before the players hit the next beat. Yeah. Because a sure. player can go off and do their own thing for 20 hours and not have any memory of what the fuck just happened, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I think every open world game that is a huge, huge challenge. I think Witcher uh, did a really spectacular job with that because I think each one of their little chapters, basically rather than having these big, big story beats and having a massive world to explore, they had uh, large story beats, but they also had millions of like little tiny small story beats that you could beat in a, in a half an hour. Right. So you never got that totally overwhelm, overwhelming feeling of I don't know what I'm supposed to do next because it was mm-hmm. all 
uh, all right there in front of you and kind of easy to to accomplish in small little pieces. So. Yeah, which was like you know we've talked before. The game that made me realize I'm not good at those kind of big open world games is Oblivion, mm-hmm. where oh, you know yeah. I like walk out onto a mountain and then they're like, okay, and I'm like, I don't, okay, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> can I get a pointer? And they're like, yeah, yeah go, have fun. And I'm like, I don't start the game. How do I? What am I doing? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so uh, it'll be interesting I, if anybody's going to pull it off. It'll be them, and and I just love the universe. It's one of the few games that I probably would be totally okay just exploring forever. So. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We don't know anything yet. It'll be amazing. Yeah, we really don't. We know there's going to be a new Mako. That's about it. Yep. <laughs> there's. Boy. A, I saw a spaceship in the teaser trailer or something. So there's a it thing. It looked really cool. Look cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it kind of like a weird, uh, like octopus looking thing. Yeah. 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 I'm for it. I'm trying to think. Have we seen like an open world space game in a while? That's not an MMO. Uh well you know the No Man's Sky is coming out there's that I'm not convinced that that has any kind of narrative whatsoever oh it doesn't I don't think it does <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it's Minecraft in space yeah it's what it seems like uh let's see so like a narrative the, the game I'm talking world? about today is an open world space game not Ooh. not MMO oh yeah Rebel yeah we'll talk about that one that was we'll actually really that. awesome I'm PAX. excited to hear about that in my it's case. really fun it's great uh, that's I, I think they're making some right I guess but we haven't really seen one in a long time. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of like all of the science fictional games that I've played. They're usually, um, you know, really tight narratives on yeah. rails like Dead Space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What about what's the the one guy Star Citizen? Yeah, Star Citizen. The one that's I don't, coming out. I don't think that's actually out. It's not right now. Yeah. No. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a genre that I would love to see more open world stuff in. So hopefully, we'll see how they pull it off. I assume it's just very difficult when it's not you walking i assume it makes it you know there's a layer of challenge there when you've got essentially two ways to traverse two sorts of open worlds i guess yeah so we'll see i don't know you guys want to talk about fan theories let's do it yeah have you guys read either one of these uh i don't know which one this is but i have read a couple star wars fan theories in the past couple weeks so so maybe this this star wars fan theory goes back to the prequels um, and talks about our favorite character, Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> I did see this. this oh, my horrible. God. Wait, this, this is horrible. <laughs> this is not horrible. This is amazing. I love this theory. This this theory is definitely, almost definitely not true, but it is amazing. And then the, the mocap artist has been trolling everybody on Twitter. I don't know if you've seen this, but he started posting things like it's great to finally have the truth come out and stuff like that. Oh, my He was tweeting God. stuff. So I will I will quickly recap this theory to sort of – tell you about what it is essentially somebody posted a long piece on reddit making his argument or her argument for um why jar jar binks was actually a sith lord and was going to be a huge (laughs) reveal at the end of the third movie and essentially the the backlash to jar jar was so strong that george lucas backed out of it and didn't do it was his argument (laughs) so where he goes from there, he's, he calls him the true Phantom Menace, essentially. And where he goes from there is he starts putting together this thesis about how uh, when you see Jar Jar in the movies, you're meant to believe he's a bumbling idiot in the first one. But if you compare that to the path, the opposite path, which was Yoda in the in the original series, Yoda was just sort of like a cantankerous old coot at the beginning. Like, he didn't know what he was going to do. And then he get he gets this big reveal as a Jedi Master uh, in the second movie 
right? Did I just put that together correctly? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So they were setting Jar Jar up in this first movie as being a bumbling kind of fool, and then they were going to reveal him in the second movie as as an evil, like a basically possibly even Palpatine's boss, like oh the head Sith Lord of the, of the <laughs> universe. So then they start talking about why what he did in the movies to make them think this way. And they, they, there's like images, there's, there's a link that we'll try to like, there's, if you Google it, you'll find it immediately. It's on Reddit and wired posted stuff and guardian posted stuff. Everybody reposted this thing all over the place. But basically they say he was, he was practicing something very akin or similar to like the drunken, I think it's called drunken master style of martial (laughs) arts. And then they start showing scenes where he's doing very specific things. Like he kip ups, he does a kip up, which is like a, putting your hands behind you and then kicking up to like land on your feet. He does some like drunken style punching and kicking when he's in the battlefield that would make it look like he's a bumbling idiot. But the fact that he's surviving and doing this all very well could also be an argument for why it's actually the drunken master thing. Then they show a bunch of stuff where it seems like he could be doing uh, mind control with his hands. He does very Jedi like things for force control and stuff. And then the scene that I thought was the most amazing that they showed is and it's so minor and the only reason i believe that this is a thing is that (laughs) ilm doesn't do things not on purpose like ilm is one of the greatest fx houses that's ever existed in all of movies period right ilm does everything right they're amazing they don't miss they don't make goof ups like they rarely i've never heard of ilm just having like crap scenes or anything so there's a scene in the first movie where the where uh uh obi-wan and um qui-gon and jar jar are going to jump out of a window and leap like kind of ambush this group of of uh droids the two jedis jump out and make it jar jar jumps and falls and like hits the wall essentially (laughs) and then the scene cuts away to the droids and all of a sudden jar jar is on the other side of the wall like he jumps from left to right on the wall okay. and then lands on the ground and like takes out a droid. Right. <laughs> and he's like, know. you could, and the guy makes the argument. He's like, you could just say, this is just a goof up that they tracked him wrong. And he went from right to left because you don't see it. It's off camera. You just see that he fell on the left. And then all of a sudden he comes from the right. And they're like, that could be a goof up. Right. Except they show the droids the droids track him. They actually track the their heads, watch Jar Jar move from right to left. Like they walk, they jump over and they sh- misfire on the right, miss Jar Jar, and then move over to the left to try to shoot him. And then he lands on the ground and takes one of them out like immediately. It's, <laughs> it's crazy guys. Like this stuff is, it's weird when you start putting it all together that it could have possibly been true at some point in time. This could have been a thing that George Lucas wanted to do. And it seems dumb enough that he would do it. <laughs> like like dead serious. It would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm all I'm all for those uh, those big twists like that. Yeah. And then they make a bunch of arguments about like how he's in the Senate, right? And then at a certain point he's he's played out his use for Palpatine. But in the third movie, um in Return of the Sith, right? Is that the third one? Is that uh, what it's called? Return of the Sith? Is that what it's called? Revenge of the Sith? Maybe Revenge. Um they show Palpatine walking through the Senate, who's already taken over control and everything, and Jar Jar's walking with him. And they're like, why is Jar Jar still there? Why is he still hanging out with Palpatine at this point? Like, <laughs> he has no use anymore. He's completely pointless. Why would he still be there and in council? So there's just, like, a bunch of weird stuff. I encourage everyone to read it because it's, it's batshit crazy, but I, I really, really loved stuff. it. 
Like, I thought it was really amazing. And it's it's put together so well. So the second one um, is, I would argue, even crazier. Uh, and it, it is a... It is a very large, very detailed uh, theory on why Ben, Affle- ben Affleck is Batman and what the movie's really going to be about and how he's not actually Bat- not Bruce Wayne. Hmm. Really? So this one's harder for me to summarize because it's there's a lot more kind of weird theories inside of it and and reasons and stuff and there's there's like no joke like the thesis is is very very long if you read the whole thing i posted the thing i posted in the notes guys is like a an encapsulation of what the theory actually is um but basically the gist of it is that batman ben affleck's batman is actually a death stroke whoa playing batman which happens in the comics and that the butler is actually Wade or Wade, right? Yeah. Wade's butler in the comics that, that these characters are not Bruce Wayne and uh, Alfred and that all of this is led up because Batman still is alive. And this movie is actually in Nolan's universe. Whoa. So that would be crazy. So the Christian Bale Batman just kind of like is in retirement and this is supposed to be Deathstroke. Correct. And I would actually really like that. <laughs> right. So that's the probably more sane part of this theory. It goes even further that Superman is actually Bizarro Superman and that Superman's going to come back in the movie and that the reason Batman and Superman are fighting is because it is Bizarro Superman and Superman's disappeared because he gets kind of like booed off the planet after the last one essentially. It, it, you had me up until that theory. Right. So that theory, <laughs> that theory, I think, is not correct necessarily. Although he shows a toy that has Superman standing over Bizarro's head, and it's Superman from the movie. It's very weird. But anyways, mm-hmm. that, mo- that theory grows into – it goes further, way further. And the first part of the theory is more actually about how Robin uh, – or Joker in the movie is Robin from Nolan's Robin, which is John Blake – Okay. And that this takes place after kind of like a killing joke kind of thing where Robin becomes the Joker um, because he's been driven crazy, essentially. And then Batman kind of loses control. He disappears because Robin tried to take over. It, this, Like I'm saying, this gets really in-depth and very crazy. But that's when Wade comes in and then he takes over as Batman and there's going to be like a whole switcheroo and that all of this is in the Nolan universe. And then... That's- one of the craziest parts about it that he waits until the very end to say is that that's actually what the V stands for in Batman v Superman. The V is five because this would be the fifth movie in the Nolan universe because what? the fourth one would have been the first Superman movie that, that uh, what's his name? Zach Wilson, Zach Snyder did. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I don't, man, I don't know about that. This <laughs> thing's heavy out there, but I like it. This thing's yeah. really heavy. It's really deep. There's a whole bunch of points he makes. He draws comparisons with like, comics and and uh cartoons he says that dc's been dropping hints this entire time about all this and they're just screwing with us and that um uh this is like common for them to do in nolan's universe the same way that batman begins you know when you looked at that everybody thought oh ras al ghul is um 
uh, I don't remember the actor's name. And then it ends up being Liam Neeson who, who is listed as Ducard in the, like they he's like, basically they've done this before. They do switcheroos on characters all the time because this is what Nolan does when he deals with movies. And he's also making the argument that Nolan's while he's an executive producer on this movie is much more heavily involved than we think he is essentially. Huh. And that he wouldn't, the article kind of leads you to believe that he wouldn't even be surprised if, Slater, or if, uh, Christian Slater, Jesus, if, uh, <laughs> Bateman, Bale. <laughs> Bale, God, good Lord. If Bale didn't, uh, make an appearance at some point during this movie. Oh man. Yeah. That would be too much. Be so too basically much. what he's saying is Batman begins is one dark Knight two, dark Knight rises three man of steel is four. And then Batman V Superman is five. And the V is the clue. What? We'll like see. It. Yeah. I like it. Why not? So th- this one's even longer. It's even crazier. If we remember, we'll put all these in the in the show notes because we're usually terrible at that. But the he works out timelines. He's got clues from one place to another. He shows how like they used the same logos for the Wayne Enterprises from from Man of Steel to Batman. Like basically, all this stuff just leads up to the fact that at any point in time, this is this is all actually Nolan's universe with a new Batman in it. And it's not what we all thought it was, which is a take on the um, Return of the Dark Knight, the Frank Miller series. Jeez. And that one of the points he makes is that part of the story is that we think that Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne is mad because he loses his family, right? Don't they say that in the trailer? Yeah. <laughs> but but he never actually had a family in the comics, yet Deathstroke did. Deathstroke had a daughter. so there's like all this stuff that he's like you know he thinks they're hinting at all these things that are going to happen so i would argue check it out we'll try to link it up and it's it's crazy i love reading these things because i they're better to me than trailers and stuff because i like seeing all these crazy theories that can come out of nowhere so you should read it it's crazy I'll check it out that sounds cool there are other star wars fan theories the reason i like the jar jar one the best is that it doesn't actually feel super spoilery on the new movie yeah like it feels like just universe building kind of stuff um yeah whereas the other stuff is very heavy on luke and where is luke and what's luke doing kind of thing so uh i think all those are very interesting but the the jar jar one i think is the craziest and most amazing they also pointed out that um he borrows heavily from the foundation book series uh asimov right foundation yeah and that the theory behind uh what is the character called it's it's a it's a specific character in foundation that mirrors what jar jar would have been essentially the 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 doofus that everybody thinks is unimportant that becomes uh one of the most important characters in the universe so oh my god interesting stuff guys yeah crazy hey speaking of star wars did you guys see the uh, international trailer i did it fucking blew my mind it was so good yeah. i actually thought about that one like all night i was <laughs> like i watched it before <laughs> i went to bed and i just literally like i found myself waking up in the middle of the night and i was like still thinking about it did you guys watch the super trailer too the super cut of all the trailers put together no no somebody did oh, an in timeline version of cutting all the trailers together like uh chronologically in order not not like one two then three but like actually intermixing them so how do they know the chronology I think just matching scenes, like they kind of put ah. together worlds. I mean, yeah, I guess you're, they, you make a guess. Yeah. 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 But it, uh, it was pretty cool too. The international one. At this point, I don't want to see anymore though. I'm, I'm getting to the point where like, I I'm starting to consume too much and I'm like, okay, well, Abrams I, has said I this is step it. back. 
Oh, really? Okay. Abrams said this is it. There's no more footage coming out until the movie hits. So That's good. I'm actually surprised he's put out as much as he has. He notoriously like does not put out very much before a movie comes out. He's very yeah. secretive. Yeah, and I don't think he has to worry about like ticket sales. Like they don't no. need to market this movie. No, they do. <laughs> like the easiest job on the planet is being part of the Star Wars marketing team right now. <laughs> like so, uh, just like yeah, just like tell people. Just don't <laughs> screw up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At this point, the cast could like go on a murder spree, and people would still go watch that. Did you guys see the the response they had to the one guy who complained about the female armor? Did you see this? Oh, I didn't. No. See- oh, it was actually kind of amazing because it was the one time that I've seen like corporate, um, like a corporate like- response be really kind of amazing. Because usually you're like cringe. You're like, oh god, what are they going to say? Kind of thing, and. Uh, here it is. It says, not to be sexist, but it's really hard to tell that that's female armor for me. Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Star Wars. It, this is on a huge Facebook thread. Star Wars responds, it's armor on a woman. It doesn't have to look feminine. And that was the end. And everybody was like, yeah! oh, crap. <laughs> like, it just started getting liked all over the place and bumped all the way to the top. And then somebody at the bottom said... Uh, may I ask when we can expect another full trailer? The teaser you gave on Instagram, this was a while ago, only made us want it more. And Star Wars replied and said, you may ask, we won't answer. And then that one just got liked a bunch too. I was like, holy crap, these guys are nailing it. So yeah, I thought the female armor thing was great. It's armor on a female, or armor on a woman. It doesn't have to look feminine. That's great. So I thought that was good. Good old good corporate that. synergy, right? Uh, speaking of stars, let's talk about this alien superstructure. So did you guys see this? I don't think I saw this one. Oh, yes. so. Uh, but I don't want to get excited because I think it's probably nothing. Yeah, I mean, there has been some responses to it, but I still, it's fun to just think, right? It's fun to, it's fun to out, have fun with this stuff. Um, so essentially, the, uh, is it the Kepler? Which satellite is it? I'm the one who posted the story. I don't remember which satellite it is now. Yeah, the Kepler Space Telescope focuses out into distant 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 space right mm-hmm. and it basically just catches light patterns and and uh and different kind of anomalies here and there and then they you know they they study them scientists go through all the data and kind of sift through stuff well there's this one super distant star that i think they call KIC 8462852 and they've started uh putting all this data together on it and they notice something very weird and what they noticed is that light should move like so light should be happening in a predictive pattern so as planets rotate as stars move or not star yeah as planets rotate and as the satellite is moving through the universe the the kind of the the light that we see is predictable and what they started seeing from this is that they're getting weird movements in light that are unnatural so like they would get pulses of light all of a sudden and then it would go away and then we'd come back through a different kind of phase and they would see different like uh, brightnesses coming. It was, it was all this weird data that was starting to come from this one star and none of the scientists had an explanation. So of course everybody starts, you know, kind of thinking on it. Everybody wants to kind of figure it out before anybody else. And uh, a scientist wrote an actual paper, submitted it to an actual journal and it actually got printed about how this could be um, an alien superstructure or a swarm of megastructures, as they called it, that are likely uh, trapping light before it can get to the satellite and then letting it out in weird bursts that would explain why it's so unnatural. 
and they're like, what? this this could be our first contact, quote unquote, with some form of alien structure. That's crazy. Is That's that not awesome. crazy? Yeah. And then there's a there's a huge, and I'll have to find. I forget what it's called. It, it, I just blanked on it. Ah, um, so there's an old scientific or sci-fi object that uh, gets it's kind of a trope that gets used a bunch in books and it's called the dyson sphere are you guys familiar Mm -hmm. with this it's like an alien megastructure that basically has bands of uh, interwoven things right and it can trap light inside of it and it's kind of what creates am i saying this correctly do you are you more familiar than i am kate i'm vaguely familiar i've always thought of it as um sort of similar to the halo yeah it's it yeah that's actually not a bad way to put it because it supposedly like captures energy from light and then uses that light to power things or create weapons or something along those lines mm-hmm. yeah it's like basically let's I'm trying to think of what a good example would be it's hard i mean it, it's kind of like <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is gonna be a weird one but you know like the puzzle box for hellraiser <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> All of the depictions kind of look like a spherical version of that. Like it's like a weird metal thing, and it traps energy and uses it to either power planets or destroy things. Whoa! And then so uh, the guy's paper actually included po- talking points of the Dyson sphere. How, how about how this is a thing that we've always been trying to find in space? That's awesome! I'm going to read through the whole damn thing. Yeah. Even if so, it's not have, true, though, Kate, right? Like, who cares, right? It's just kind of cool. It's still an awesome idea. Who yeah. cares? Yeah. Yeah. The, let's let's give the one-minute version of what happened to Mars. Yeah, um, do it. it. It it was, at one time, very much alive. I think that's been that's been proven. But they just uh, NASA actually had a press conference, I want to say, yesterday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were talking about what exactly happened. And the short version, the layman's version that I'm remembering from memory because I don't have anything open, so it's going to fucking suck, <laughs> is that there was a, a problem with um, the magnetism of Mars and the solar winds from the sun actually ripped the atmosphere off and killed the planet. But at one time, it was very much alive, and it was – I don't remember exactly how many billions of years ago, but um, they said it was a problem with the, the, the magnetic core of Mars and the solar winds from the sun actually – uh, tearing away, you know, the hydrogen and the oxygen from Mars. Is that right? I am looking at an article, yeah. and that is correct. Okay, cool. I'd say that's fair. Um, I guess what had happened was when Mars first formed, like the Earth, it had a um, a molten core that generated a magnetic field. But then, as Mars um, aged, basically the core sort of stopped rotating and generating a magnetic field. I think it's because Mars is maybe smaller and. Um, less robust than earth. I don't really remember what the reason was, Yeah, but um, when it's magnetic field disappeared, that sort of took down Mars's shielding and left it open to um, the solar winds, which stole the atmosphere. Like you said, crazy, but they had, um, they had, you know, sort of images that they, they fabricated of what Mars likely looked like prior to this happening. And it was super lush and green and just, mm-hmm. it, you know, freaked me out to see it. Cause I mean, we always assumed that, at one point in its history, it was a live, living, breathing planet. Um, you know, and who knows if there were any sort of life forms on that planet or how long. Uh, they probably do know, but I don't know how long it existed prior to its uh, atmosphere getting ripped away. Right. But um, the fact that they went on record yesterday saying, it, yeah, like, you know, Mars was green and then this this issue happened with the solar winds and it killed the planet is is crazy. Because like we, we, now we know, you know, and it just happened this week. Do you guys ever yeah. think that it's only been like 50 years of space exploration and we're already starting? 
Like it seems like we're going to start doubling and tripling and, you know, squaring how much information we are gathering from space. Oh, yeah. Like the more we're going out, like it, it's going to start very slow. It's like computers kind of, you know, they were started mm-hmm. out very slow being built and now like speed, computer speed and, 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 quality kind of like doubles and triples exponentially over time right well even even this week this is a different story that i read but um they figured out how to um how to create a magnetic uh sort of like a magnetic pulse engine for uh oh i was reading about this yeah oh i read that story it doesn't require fuel right yeah they're saying like we can get this up into space and it can basically power satellites and crafts indefinitely because it's um it doesn't need any sort of fuel source, so you know, that, like you know, we'll we'll be long dead, but maybe our great grandchildren <laughs> will see some really cool shit. It's crazy. Yeah, I love it. It was I great. It. I mean, it felt really um, almost profound, sort of, to look at what happened to Mars and say, like, this is a world that got a start, and then look at Earth and say how lucky we are that it still right supports us. It still has for, now. for at least the next few years. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we destroy it permanently. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's also depressing because if, if we want to do like a long-term terraforming of Mars, which I know some people are very interested in, that's going to be one of the biggest issues is how to protect oh, the yeah. planet from the sun. Yeah. And I don't think and we have a way just, yet. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can't just give Mars uh, a magnetic field anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes. Let's solve the problem right now on the podcast, guys. <laughs> yeah, let's figure, this, let's figure this out live. <laughs> I'm equipped. How to fix solve Mars. This problem. Yeah, I mean, I can write JavaScript, so I feel like I can figure this out. I can tweet okay. <laughs> <laughs> With our combined abilities. <laughs> we got this. Oh, uh, boy. I don't think we're equipped. No. So, last bit of news is space-related, and it's sci-fi-related, and it's that... The show that I am probably anticipating the most this this winter, uh, The Expanse, which is coming to sci-fi in December, uh, is actually going to premiere online before it premieres on TV. (gasps) I didn't know that. Yes. So while the two-night premiere for sci-fi is December 14th and 15th, they are going to premiere the pilot episode on November 23rd. On sci-fi.com, sci-fi now, Hulu, Amazon, Google Play, Vudu, iTunes, PlayStation, Xbox, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Wikia, IGN, IMDb, Goodreads, Crave Online, and Roku. <laughs> I don't know how they're doing all that, but that's what, what? They, that's what their list is of platforms that you'll be able to either buy or watch this through for free, I suppose. But I don't know for sure. The free part I thought you were definite. making some of those up. I wasn't. I just read a list. From a, from a press release. They all um, sound like noises that babies make when they have to shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, doo-doo, hoo-doo, poo-poo, hoo-doo. <laughs> like, oh, oh, no. But Ash and I got to see this at Comic-Con. Guys, it's phenomenal. I'm very excited for this show to come out. So uh, now you can watch it online. You can watch the pilot online. And then uh, Sci-Fi is on Hulu. So if you have Hulu, you'll be able to watch it there too, uh, which is great. Watch The Expanse. Make it so that they make more seasons of it, please. Yeah, it's good stuff. You guys want to take a break? Come back? Yeah, let's do it. Break yeah. and then reviews.
of Until Dawn. I have. So um, I, I I own a PS4. I don't play it all that much. <laughs> I, I basically bought it for exclusives, and uh, this is a PS4 exclusive. Um, it is, uh, you know, I was not expecting to like it as much as I did. I actually heard about it when I was out at PAX, and um, when we were out there, the game actually came out the same time that uh, PAX Prime was happening. And I was like, oh, what is this game? It, like, the graphics look incredible. It's a survival horror game. I hadn't heard anything about it. There was like very little to no buzz. Um, they, their Twitter account only had at the time, like when the game came out, only had like a thousand followers. And I'm yeah. like, is this an indie game? Like, what is it? It just wasn't marketed all that heavily, which is, is kind of nice because it ends up being this sort of like strange little uh, sleeper hit. But it's um, a survival horror game. It's very similar to how you would play a Telltale game. So it's an adventure-style game. Uh, rather than being episodic, it's about maybe, I don't know, 8 to 10 hours long in, in its entirety. But you play as um, as a variety of different characters who are all basically up in the woods in the middle of nowhere trying to survive this incredibly terrible experience. And it sort of utilizes a butterfly effect type of uh, system. So any of the characters in the game can die. Huh. And um, think of it being this, this giant branching story where every single thing that you do has uh, uh, an impact. So if one character doesn't make it through the first you know, couple hours, then they won't be in the rest of the game and they won't be able to interact with everybody else. And um, your whole job is to, of course, see how many people you can get to survive and also unravel the mysteries of this this big conspiracy and this big story. And it is genuinely, genuinely terrifying. It's, wow. um, it is really, really well written. It's all, uh, motion captured and all facial captured. So the, um, the character of Mike is actually played, played by Brett Dalton from Marvel's agents of shield. Oh, that's cool. Uh, you have, um, the character of Sam who's played by, uh, Hayden Panettiere. Is that how you say her name? Yeah. She has yeah. one of those names that I can't or ever is it say. Panettiere. And a Thierry? I don't know. We'll go with know. it. I don't know uh, if she's the, listening. In the, the character of Josh is played by um, Mr. Robot's uh, Rami Malek. Uh. So it has uh, just a great, like, very well acted. And, like, you kind of feel like you're playing this giant interactive film. So it's, uh, you know, it, uh, if you, even if you're not into survival horror, I, I encourage you to watch some footage of this game on YouTube and just check it out. It, for no um, reason it whatsoever, really... it gave me a very Silent Hill vibe when I saw the trailer i actually thought it was the, that pt game at first and then i realized oh yeah was not at all <laughs> and i was like oh okay what is this yeah i yeah. mean it's i mean there there are you know it being an adventure game there are some quick timey things going on but there's also great puzzle solving great adventure sequences um it's genuinely creepy it has this one mechanic where you're you're sort of sitting down and there's this psychiatrist talking to you and um he does a psychological analysis of you early in the game and a lot of your decisions that you make early on in the game actually determine wh- how the game is crafted. So he kind huh. of dives into your wow. you know, your deepest and darkest fears. And so like me, I'm like really afraid of heights in real life. And so I had a lot of moments where my characters were like balancing on high ledges and climbing things. And if you fuck up, you'll fall to your death and that character won't be in your game anymore. Wow. So it's it's a, the, the stakes are very, very high. And like I'm also like. I don't really like needles. And so there's a lot of shit with needles in my game. So like, <laughs> like there's, you know, just like, oh, like really just terrible, like makes your skin crawl. So many twists and turns. Um, I won't tell you if it's all, you know, slashery or supernatural or maybe a mixture of both. But 
uh, if you're looking for a really incredible survival horror game, uh, definitely check out Until Dawn. It's it's really incredibly memorable, and I like I cannot recommend it enough. It's it's freaky as shit. Wow. It is genuinely scary. I played the whole game uh, with my wife sitting next to me, and we kind of made decisions together and and walked through it together. So beginning to end, we we kind of played through it at the same time. But that's adorable, Ash. Yeah, yeah, it was good. <laughs> I think you just sold me on that game because I'd never seen anyone really explain what it's about or how it works, and that sounds fascinating. It is really, really well done. It's very. It, it has a slow build too, so it's um you know you'll go through. You know, a good maybe hour, hour and a half of gameplay where you're just walking around exploring, learning about the mysteries of this this area that you're in, um, you know, and then just all hell will break loose. So uh, it is also very uh, – the way they shot it is very much like a film. So all the angles that they use are very cinematic and uh, the music is great. Acting is great. So definitely awesome. di- dive into it. It's, uh, you know, it is a really memorable – probably right now it's – one of my favorite titles on PS4 for sure. Wow. Awesome. Wow. Love it. So what's next? Uh, let's go into Halo five. Yeah. Have you guys ever heard of Halo? Should I I've break down what Halo, Halo is? Yeah. Okay. Remind so me what Halo is. There's a bunch of aliens <laughs> and then they have like profits and then there's like a arbiter and a dictionary. And then he goes and talks <laughs> to the Toyota and then the Toyota has to like go get the, the humongoid from the bomb blaster and then uh no i don't um so halo <laughs> 5 uh picks up basically right where halo 4 ended in the single player campaign and i'm only going to talk about that because I've, I've only done very little i think i did five or six rounds of multiplayer and i haven't been able to do co-op at all yet um but i am 15 chapters into the 20 of uh, the single player game the single player game is not long it's pretty short uh, I'm playing it on Heroic. I've probably put about, I don't know, eight, nine hours into it, and I'm three quarters of the way through. So I think the campaign in total is probably like 15, 20 hours tops. Um, mm. But it basically picks up right where you left off, where you you as Master Chief um, are... You've just fought the Didact at the end of... <laughs> don't make me get into the story too much, guys. Uh <laughs> Four was mildly confusing. You just fought the Didact and stopped him from trying to destroy all the worlds again. Um, and this time you get a hint that Cortana is still alive because you think she died. And, uh, you know, alive as alive as AI can be. You think she's still existing somewhere. You get like a kind of distant message from her at the very beginning of the game. And you basically defect from the UNSC and say, I'm going to go find Cortana. And, uh, so the UNSC freaks out and they send a, a fire team after you to come retrieve you and bring you back basically for court martialing. Um, and that is sort of the basic setup of the game. You're going after Cortana and you also play as this, uh, they're called the fire team Phoenix. I think I can't remember your blue team is master chief. And then the other team is fire team Phoenix. I want to say, or something like that. Um, and you play, you kind of switch back and forth between chapters, between those two different groups, and, and one of them is trying to get to Cortana, the other one's chasing the team trying to get to Cortana. Uh, sure. So, uh, won't go too much further, because it, it can get spoilery pretty quick, but all of your favorites are still there. Um, you're still fighting against all of the um, all of the <laughs> Covenant 
as well. <laughs> Sorry. There's a lot of names in Halo. There's uh, a lot of names. Uh, you're still fighting against the Covenant and the, I was going to say the Fallen, and that's Destiny. <laughs> Forerunners. That's what I'm looking for. Forerunners. Not the Fallen. That's so different. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's Destiny, man. Yeah, yeah. Two very different games from different companies. Um, anyways, uh, so you are still fighting the Covenant, still fighting the Forerunners, um, and, you know, pretty familiar at that point. What I will say is that the game is smooth as butter. Like, it moves very well. The kind of new additions, although I don't think they're brand new, but you've, you've got your jetpack that you can kind of move around with a little bit more. Um, all of the uh, guns have iron sights now, which is a little bit of a hot topic for Halo because a lot of people like the sort of run and gun, you know, shoot from the hip style that Halo's always had. Mm-hmm. And they thought this was sort of a move towards Call of Duty. Uh, the only thing I can really say to that is that I don't actually like Call of Duty and I'm relatively terrible at it. It's way too kind of, I call it like twitchy. Like it's way too, like uh, the iron sights are way too important in Call of Duty. And here they just sort of seem like an addition to your gun. Uh, They don't, some of them will zoom in a little bit. Not many of them do. Most of it's just kind of like, hey, do you want to see where you're shooting without all the clutter kind of going around you? Mm-hmm. It is a little more frenetic because you are running around with your team. So even in the solo player, you have three AI members that are running around with you. Uh, and there's some minimal like Mass Effect 1 level control of your characters where you can kind of like mark, a, mark an enemy or move them to a point. Um, and they'll sort of follow that as best they can uh it's sometimes a little dumb sometimes if you mark an enemy and he's like in the backfield and there's a bunch of enemies in the front they will just literally like oh you want that guy okay and they'll just charge through all the other enemies without actually killing them and then lose their lives like borderline immediately because they get weirdly like in the middle of a a round of guys that'll just kill them so Mm. it's a little rough sometimes but the great thing about having them is that if you are familiar with halo you die a whole lot and have to restart from checkpoints a whole lot and they now can resurrect you. So you go down, you've got about five, ten seconds for them to get to you and resurrect you before you That's die completely. Handy. Yeah, so it makes solo playing a lot more fun. Um, there are some new kind of enemy classes in the Forerunners. Uh, they're brutal. There's one called the Warden that appears. He's kind of like a boss fighty character. Um, he's pretty rough. It's It takes some some doing to figure out different ways to beat him. Uh, there's some new weapons. Um, most of them feel really wonderful. I really think that what they carried over from four where we talked about this during four, I think, but the, the feel of the different class of weapons. So, you know, the, the Marines weapons feel very kind of heavy and machine gunny. They feel like they're shooting bullets. Whereas the covenants feel like they're shooting lasers and are kind of lighter weight, um, you know, seem more aimed at shields. And then the forerunner stuff, really does feel kind of foreign and alien even even the shotgun doesn't feel like a shotgun but it, but it has this really unique kind of sense to it when you're when you're running and gunning with it so they've maintained all of that and added some new weaponry um i'm not sure which ones are definitely new from four because i'm mixing some of my stuff but there's an smg now for the military that feels really or the marines that feels really great there's uh like a saw and a rail gun and some, some new uh, forerunner guns for sniping and stuff like that, that are all pretty awesome. Honestly, it's, it's been, I like sat down and it's as if I didn't stop playing halo. Essentially it feels completely native and, and fun and 
and the story once you get past the first i think i wrote you guys in slack but like the first hour of the story is you have no idea what's going on <laughs> 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 like there's just still characters popping up and you're like trying to remember what happened at the end of four and i'm like i don't why like what is who who is this team i don't know what's going on and then once the cortana thing happens it all kind of aligns really quickly and the the story is relatively focused at that point it, it makes a lot more sense and they kind of moved out of the you know i mean although I'm sure it'll get back into it. it. They moved a little bit out of the giant alien overarching thing that you don't understand that has like different religions inside of it that you'd also don't understand that never really fully get explained kind of thing that, that doesn't really seem to be happening like it did in three or, or four even a little bit. So it's good though. I can't like, it's awesome. That sounds wonderful. It's yeah. got a crazy, like crazy voice cast. It's got Jen Hale in it. Jen it's got Hale, yeah. Laura, Laura Bailey's in it. Nathan Fillion's in yep. it. The new uh, Luke Cage is in it. Yep. What's his name? You play yeah. as him. So he is the main guy on the fire team, whatever. Uh, and then uh, and Locke, right? His name's Locke. Locke. Yeah. yeah. And then Fillion's hanging out with you. So he's just like your buddy. Which, one. I mean, I, I'm going to say it, ODST was my favorite Halo game. Yeah. Partially because of Nathan Fillion, but partially because I, I really liked that underdog vibe of the ODST troopers. So it's cool that he's back as a Spartan. Yeah, it's a little weird because these guys aren't Master Chief level Spartan, you know, like they're Spartan 3s or something. And yeah. the other team is Spartan 4s or whatever. And they're supposed to be like they've been together forever, which is cool, except that you don't really feel any different from one mm. to the other you feel pretty same like they don't really have different moves. like i always uh, i know a lot of halo fans will get mad at me but i always wanted halo to be class-based i always wanted like you know Which one of the reach people sort in the squad. of was right a little tiny bit yeah you do it with yeah reach. reach reach i think each person had like a different armor ability or right. something like that which i was fond of i really liked that so yeah and that stuff exists somewhat in the multiplayer and i, I haven't played co- co-op to really know um I have a feeling that you're going to feel different from whoever you're playing with, but I don't, I don't really know for sure. It's, you know, the, the big change is like the HUD will change. It's the only way you know what team you're on when, when a new chapter fires up is like your HUD is either yellow or blue, like essentially. Uh, okay. So it's, it's like a little different there. And then that's about it really. Um, but the story is decent. The, the gameplay is absolutely like, it's what Halo always is. You know, the story is always sort of nonsensical unless you're really into the lore and are reading the books and everything else. There's way too much backstory to really piece together out of like, you know, a 10 hour campaign. So, right. So like if you just want to play one of what I still think is one of the best shooters to have ever probably been made, then this is uh, it's up there. It's great. It's fun. Awesome. So That's Halo rad. five, I'm just trying to beat the solo campaign quick so that when Fallout 4 comes out, I don't have overlapping games going. There you go. That's all I have on my mind right now, too. Uh, <laughs> God. Life gonna over. Be good times. Are you going to get Fallout, Kate? I'm going to get it, but not this month. Um, no. I don't want to be tempted to play it while I'm trying to do the NaNoWriMo thing. Uh, oh, you're yeah. so responsible. Smart. I know. Look at you being I know. smart. Well, ugh, my husband's got it pre-ordered, so he'll play it, and I'm just going to sit here and cry and be sad. <laughs> it's very terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and he but can't yeah, tell I'm, you anything about it either, because you're going to be like, don't ruin it. I'm champing at the bit, man. I really want to play it. Uh, awesome. So, we'll uh, talk about tube. Let's talk about TV for a few. Yeah. yeah. I want to hear this uh, diamond in the rough that you found. So um, Melissa and I were sitting around on Halloween. Well, first of all, let's. I'm just going to say this at the very top. 
because I've been saying it to you all along. Fall TV doesn't matter. Everybody go back and watch Mr. Robot. It was one of the best TV shows put out, <laughs> period. It's fantastic. Rami Malek is amazing in it. And the rest of the cast is awesome. It's incredibly written. It is one of the best TV shows I've ever seen in my life. Mr. Robot. Go watch it. All right. Got that out of the way. Um, Melissa and I were hanging out and on Halloween. And we were like, oh, you know, what do you want to do? And we threw the TV on. And we happened to catch... Uh, uh, a marathon of Screen Queens. Have you been watching this? Yes, dude. It's like it's so good. It should not be as good as it is. It's, oh, I'm so shocked that you that I, I, this was on my list to talk about, and I was like, I think Matt would hate this. This show. I loved it. It was, but so, I've been watching it. It is really fucking good. Yeah, it's campy and like funny and and done well, and the acting's quirky and good. Like. I, we were literally blown away. We watched three episodes without even realizing it. We just sat there watching the show. We saw three episodes, I think two or three episodes. And I'm like, I looked at Melissa and I was like, the show's pretty good. And she was like, yeah. I was like, what the <laughs> hell? It's uh, it's awesome. So that that's the show. I think that's the one, the, the only new episode of anything that I saw worth anything this season. I, I might be in the same camp as you. Um, I, I Really, I was surprised by Scream Queens. It definitely has... A Heather's vibe to it. Yeah. Oh, one yeah. Of my, one of like, my favorite, you know, and some of the jokes are so, so dark and so cruel. Yeah. Like you, you're almost shocked that the humor on Scream Queens can exist on uh, on on TV because it's a, it's so, you know, like borderline racist jokes, like to the point where you're just like, oh, man, like, can they, can they say some of the things they're saying to each other? But yeah. really well acted, really tongue in cheek. Um I told Scott this, but you know, I think Emma Roberts in that show is she's so evil to like to watch. You cannot take your eyes off her. She's yeah. fucking she's perfect. As she's great. Yeah, Chanel number one. So yeah, it is very yeah. Heather's. It's very Mean Girls meets Scream. Like it's so far, I've loved it. It's campy and fun and goofy and weird. And the first episode of Made like rips her face off after it gets fried and deep fat yeah. oil. Like it is oh so God. crazy. And it's like on <laughs> Fox. This is on Fox primetime and it's happening. So yeah, guy got his arms chopped off with chainsaws. <laughs> yeah. The guy runs a girl's head over with a lawnmower. Like it is, it is weird and goofy. Death Taylor Swift was the character's name. <laughs> like that was just so bad. There's a girl on the show that was a huge Taylor Swift fan. They never tell you her real name. And so Chanel being this evil human just calls her deaf Taylor Swift because the character is deaf. And then they run her head over with it with a lawnmower. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. The show's ludicrous, but it is, it is absolutely fun. Like it's, it's, you, I think if you go into it with like some sort of serious mindset, I could see it being obnoxious or pissing you off. But yeah. I, I actually thought it was done tongue in cheek enough. Well, and like it's, it's dark comedy. Like it, it is done in a way that you should understand what they're doing but I, I mean i don't know maybe they're getting more leeway than they deserve not sure but it's also it's also very colorful like it's a good it the, like the visual palette of the show is just nice to oh, watch yeah there's a lot of really you know it, it's just a, a really pretty show it's shot really well oh, i actually I really loved really well. the masked red devil bad guy too like it's it's a different take on what you usually see as like somebody dressed in all black or you know whatever yeah it be. yeah so that's true He's i thought a, that was cool you know, I did hear about this. It, uh, the show is going to be, if it succeeds, it's going to be an anthology series. So what they'll do is they'll take the cast and then move them on to a different story. Oh, really? So every season it'll be, you know, the same cast, but it'll uh, be, uh, it won't, they won't so be the same sort characters. of American horror story. 
Right, yeah. Because there's been lines drawn between those two as well, and people are mad because it's not as serious as American Horror Story, but I, I was like, well, I think it's intended to be. It's a weird... It's like a weird thing to say. It'd be like, my Coke doesn't taste like iced tea, and that's mad. Like, I don't... <laughs> Yeah, okay. that's true. Um, all right, well, there you go. We both like Scream Queen. That's surprising, because I didn't know if you'd been watching it. or We hadn't talked about that show at all. Literally, I just saw it for the first time ever on Halloween, so... No, it's good. It's good. Um, it's gotten better too, actually. I think. So the let's. The other new shows that came out, uh, we we have talked at length about not on a podcast because we haven't been able to podcast since the new shows came out. But we've got, we've got Blind Spot, uh, Minority Report. Uh, did you watch Supergirl? I haven't caught Supergirl yet. Uh, I watched the pilot and actually really liked it. Did you? Yeah, I, I've heard was decent great. things about it. I haven't caught it yet. Um, what else was new that came out this year? There's some things that I think have already been canceled too, but. Uh, watch the pilot for Wicked City, which was Wicked very good. City Muppets. Uh, that might be the most that I was really catching. Uh, let's start off with. I kind of want to mix Blind Spot and Minority Report because there, I'm noticing a trend that's starting to bum me out, and that sure. is it. Everything is becoming a procedural, an hour long cop procedural. Uh, that I just don't I starting to not care at all. It's like everybody wants law and order or something. They want a series that'll run for twenty years and they can do crime of the week stuff on. Yeah. Um Blind Spot I think you like a little bit more than I do. Yeah, I've only I've only watched about three episodes. Uh the rest of them are sitting on our D V R. It's sort of our um when everything is clear we'll go watch an episode. But uh yeah, I don't mind it. I, I like the cast. I kinda like what's going on. I do agree with you, um with the the procedural sort of buddy cop thing, like the the formula of like law enforcement guy and weird quirky sidekick with like a special ability, yeah. like that has just been done to no end. I mean, yeah. it's just every single show, like you know, Castle, even I Zombie. It's very you know very similar. It's weird to me too that these shows both are like like gritty dude and hot lady like it's like it's so weird i'm like i don't it it blind spot they continually continually like all the way through the fourth episode shows show shots of her naked tattooed body and i'm like we've seen it like i have memorized the tattoos at this point on her body we get it and it's so it's just weirdly written and paced like the whole thing is very odd to me it came off not the way I was, I guess, expecting it. I wasn't really expecting a crime of the week from it. I thought it was going to be kind of a long-running series about who is this, like, a mystery. Mm-hmm. And it, while the mystery is there somewhat, they answered, like, three of the main questions within two episodes of the show. And then and then it's just kind of fallen into this, like... Like, the most ludicrous part of the whole show is, how do they know which tattoo is involved at what time? Like, they just magically find the correct <laughs> tattoo for the crime that week. With no explanation whatsoever, they're like, oh, I discovered a tattoo that says 81923 on it, and I think that's the address of a guy. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, there's a billion (laughs) tattoos on her. How did you figure that the tattoo? I don't know. It was confusing to me. The show was disappointing, I guess, more than anything. And then Minority Report was, like, even more disappointing. That show is like a train wreck to me i don't know oh, if really? you've been watching it it's i only saw the the half half of the pilot at comic-con um the first half so i, I haven't watched beyond that it's just written very weird like it's it's got very odd writing to it and it's acted kind of weird and 
you know, just the whole thing is just, it was, it, I was very off put by it when we were watching it. And, and, you know, it's the same thing, like quirky guy and hot lady. And you're like, <laughs> okay, guys, it's just over <laughs> and over again, every show. I'm like, we can, can we get out of this? this? We're not marketing everything to, you know, 14 year old nerds. Like this is, we can figure this <laughs> out, but it was, you know, I don't know. I guess I'm with Scott a little. It's like you want a sci-fi show on mainstream TV to be good and successful, and it just doesn't happen. Like, it's either really good and gets shit-canned within, like, 13 weeks, or it's this, you know, which is, like, written towards the kind of common denominator, but not ends up, like, ends up not really satisfying any of it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they try to make it so that everybody will like it, but they also try to make it sci-fi, and then it's, like, not really great sci-fi, and not everybody likes it. You know? <laughs> You're like, okay, well, did not succeed on either on either count. <laughs> but, yeah. I don't was there, what else? Muppets is sad, I guess. It's not, I don't think it's terrible. It's very 30 Rock-ish. Have you guys watched it at all? No, I haven't watched Muppets Mm-mm. yet. It's very 30 Rock, like, very much so. Like, Kermit is Liz Lemon, and, you know, just from there on out, it's Jenna is Miss Piggy, and, like, they, they literally, like, one for one to 30 Rock. And then Melissa pointed out, like, well, maybe 30 Rock actually was heavily influenced by the Muppets, and I was like, eh, that's <laughs> entirely possible. Um, but apparently no one likes it. It's getting terrible ratings, and they've already fired the showrunner and are rehiring another person to reboot it mid-season. Oh, so, it's, it's so sad. They're taking a three-week oh break and coming back after, like, January to reboot reboot Muppets halfway through oh, the first season. sucks. So that's kind of depressing. Um, and then uh, there's returning shows. Are you watching S.H.I.E.L.D.? Hell, hell yeah, I am. I'm loving it, man. I love Did you watch the Gemma Simmons in Space episode? Uh, we just got through that one, so I think we're still one or two behind right now. I think you're just you're just one behind if yeah. that was the last one you watched. But yeah, um, the, the Gemma in Space episode was was brilliant. I loved it. Yeah, I, Gemma and uh, Fitz and Simmons, man, they're they're they are the the gems, if you will. I keep saying gems this week. I'm like stuck on words. <laughs> they are the the diamonds in the rough. No, I don't know. They're fantastic. I would watch those two characters on their own show any day of the week i love their interactions i think they're brilliant actors like they they're just so good at playing the different kind of situations that shield keeps putting the two of them in you know and you just want them to be like happy (laughs) yeah yeah but but uh i really love it i love them as actors they're they're just killing it this year i'm right there with you man i think i think they're doing a great job and you know just seeing um, not to spoil anything because the episode just kind of aired, but you know them just keeping them on the the edge of being together and yeah. the edge of being happy is so so Joss Whedon to do. So yeah, yeah, I'm also really loving the um, the Ward storyline with uh, uh, I just blanked on his name uh, Hunter Hunter. Yeah, I'm liking that a lot. Uh, but I think I left it on a cliffhanger last time, so oh, did you? Okay. waiting to see what happens. But uh, I thought all of it's pretty good. I'm a little thrown off by the um, the new they they keep doing like the here's another agency storyline like every right. year, and that's a little like whatever. But there's so much else going on that I'm kind of okay with it. Like it's okay to have that's like their kind of story of the week thing that's moving them forward. Right. While, while all these other story, like they've got so many other storylines going on of all these other characters kind of interacting in the world. So yeah, that's the thing about the show is at this point, shield has such a big cast and there's so much going on that it's, it's, it's 
hard. I mean, it's good that they're not doing like villain of the week shit. Right. And if they are doing villain of the week shit, it's still intermixed with a lot of other like ongoing right. plot lines. Yeah. So I like that a lot. And I see what you're saying about the, the new agency, um, you know, the new agencies every single season. It is a little weird. I do really like uh, Constance Zimmer though. The actress that's playing like, yeah, Col- she's uh, awesome. Coulson's, she was great. Uh, she was great in, um, in uh, house of cards too. So. Yeah. I liked her in house of cards, at least the first season. Yeah. What I watched, but sure. So yeah. Shield, <laughs> Shield is good. Um, what else am I watching? Have you been this? watching arrow or flash? I haven't watched those at all. So, yeah, I've been watching those. Those are good. Um, still enjoying the heck out of those. I think Flash continues to be one of those series that I'm like just surprised by. Like yeah. the fact that I watch it and enjoy it, I'm like, I'm watching this Flash TV show and it's <laughs> actually good. And I actually look forward to watching it like even more than Arrow now. Like I'll watch Flash before Arrow. So it's uh, it's crazy That's that those awesome. shows are good. Yeah. What else is there? Let's see. Um... I just came across a crazy piece of news um so i guess on november 5th it was announced that um there's going to be a new witcher movie coming in 2017 what from, from the producers of the mummy what what witcher movie <laughs> yeah i yeah. know right <laughs> let's can we cast the witcher right now i mean uh, i can't i want you can i want uh, sean connery old <laughs> no i want i want mads mickelson mads and mickelson a- don't you want old like old lecherous sean connery like come over here you witch come over <laughs> absolutely here absolutely not i'm going to show you something <laughs> let me show you my staff <laughs> liam neeson in a wig oh my god liam that neeson great god that's not bad i think that's a Can good we pull. just do a whole episode where we just cast the witcher <laughs> For like two hours. <laughs> Only if you promise to do the voice for every single. No, act. I can't. So once in a lifetime thing. Oh, Mads Mikkelsen. I didn't know who that was. I just looked him up. Uh, Hannibal guy. Yeah. Is the um, is the Assassin's Creed movie really happening? Is that real? It know. is. It's is like it? done filming and everything too. What? 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 <laughs> yeah, Mag- Magneto is uh the assassin. What's his name? Um, what? Fastbender. Yeah, Fastbender. Fastbender. Yeah, he's the assassin guy. Are you oh. making this up right now? No, I'm swear to God. <laughs> go on, go on Google and look it up. It is fast, and Marion Cotillard's in it. What in the goddamn hell? <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> this is like an alien. Jeremy video. Irons. What the fuck? It's a real movie. What is this? It's already wrapped too. It's like Do we have coming, a release date for this. It's like next summer, I think. What? Fastbender? Why did Fastbender sign up for this? <laughs> <laughs> right? He can like basically get whatever he wants at this point. Oh, wow. Okay. At least he didn't do a Hitman movie. <laughs> oh, man. It's like career suicide. Crazy. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Is there a WoW movie in the works right now? Oh, yeah. The trailer came out this weekend. Oh, yesterday. I not seen it. It's, I'm, I don't know what to think of it. I saw a guy in like orc makeup and I was like, hmm. It's either going <laughs> to be like, it's either going to be Lord of the Rings or, or like, um, what was the kids book movie that came out? Melissa likes it a lot. I Narnia. It. Yeah. Or Narnia. It looks somewhere between those two. Mm. It's either going to be epic in scale and done very well, or it's going to be kind of weird and you know, whatever, but yeah. Oh Who man. Knows? Speaking of, uh, TV slash movies made out of other properties. Um, do you guys know when the uh, 
the magician show is supposed to come out? Uh, no. I think it's the same time the one on Sci-Fi. Yeah. I think it's this this I think it's the same time as Expanse. Really? But I think That's they both so premiere weird. in December. I haven't heard anything about it since it was first announced. Uh, they they were hyping it a ton at um, at Comic Con. They were like ah. they were showing that every every sci fi panel had the Magicians trailer get played before it, and and uh, yeah, it was all over the place. Uh, hmm. Let me see. Oh, they don't have a date now. Ooh, oh, 2016. It's next ah. year. They bumped it. So I'm cautiously optimistic. I guess. I think it could be good. I don't know, yeah. I'm, I'm happy. It looks um, good. Like like quality of shot wise looks good. Yeah, the quality looked good. So as long as the story's there, then it could be good. It's on a book series, right? Is that what it's based off of? Yeah, yeah. It's based off a book series by Love Grossman. Ah. Yeah. I don't know. Any other TV you want to talk about, Ash? I think that's it for now. Maybe next week we'll hop in and dive into a little bit this uh, a little bit more, but. I still Mr. have Robot, more reviews. Everybody. I watched the first four episodes of Mr. Robot on the plane coming back from San Francisco, mm. and I actually really liked it. Of course it you did, because it's great yeah. TV. Yep. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, all right. Well, I will. this one will be brief, because we talked about it a bunch at Comic-Con, and, and to be dead honest, not much has changed, other than that it's very good, and you should play it. But the game Sky Shines Bedlam came out on Steam for Windows only, unfortunately, at the moment. Um, I'm hoping they announce some new platforms soonish, but... Um, it is sort of what we described. If you remember, it is a a uh, FTL like map kind of movement game where you play a group of survivors in this sort of Mad Maxian post apocalyptic world, and you have resources of meat to eat, fuel, and water, I believe, and you're trying to uh, get to the other side of the map and kind of escape this sort of hellscape that you're stuck in. And there's a bunch of different groups of people and you can get new vehicles and, and play as new, new groups of people. There's like a cyborg kind of group. There's humans. And then there's a, a mutant group, I believe I haven't gotten them yet. And uh, it is super, 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 super challenging. The game. Did I say the name sky shines bedlam? Did I say that? Yeah, you did. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, super super challenging i played on easy and actually got to the other side of the map and they were like yeah good job that means nothing go back and play it at least on normal <laughs> i was like oh, man. oh crap <laughs> <laughs> so I, I restarted it on normal and, and barely got halfway um so it does crank up i would recommend playing on easy first just to get a hang of the combat um but you have permadeath and you have kind of class-based fighters so what'll happen is you you go from point a to point b let's say on the map and you might have an encounter. If you have an encounter, uh, basically you send a team of people out to go fight on what ends up being a grid-based uh, map. Sort of, it, it's ba- it's built on the engine from Banner Saga. So if you're familiar with mm. Banner Saga, it's, it's built on that image engine. It's not rotoscoped uh, cartoon art. It's much more kind of roughly drawn. Um, it looks very Mad Max. It's hard. It's hard to explain any other way. Uh, but you, you bring out your guys, and then you have to kind of move them around the map and take out the other team, and you can collect resources while you're doing that. And then you get rewarded with either more people to bring on your carrier with you or maybe a new character to fight with when you win battles. Um, so the classes, you've got like an up-close kind of tank class that has a shield and like a sword, and then you've got snipers, you've got uh, people with like automatic weapons, and then you've got like a shotgunning class. 
Uh, you have to kind of mix them together and figure out. You don't know what battle what the battle will look like until you have already deployed your team. So you have to kind of like pick and choose what you can move around the best and figure out what you need. If you need resources, you usually take the tanks because they move really fast, so you can kind of get them around the map to pick up stuff. There's like a bunch of different little mini strategies in the fighting. Um, and then each point that you land on in the map has uh, exploration points, which cost less fuel. So you'll land, this is sort of like out there, you'll land in like a maybe a main map point and then you'll have four options of places to go explore if you want. And it does take resources, but it takes significantly less. So you can go out there and gather, that's kind of like your, your chance to gather resources. Mm. And then those will also kind of open up um, different story point or character points where you can like get get new characters on your team and when you recruit those new characters they're kind of like super versions of your class characters so you'll get like a huge tank that's got more hit points and you know moves faster and hits harder like that kind of thing which is very useful because there's permadeath and you lose guys constantly (laughs) like oh man like i think the first fight i lost two people and then by the by the end of it you're like barely scraping together like three people and you can upgrade your vehicle while you're moving around so uh, there's you can either be like better on resources or you could heal your characters quicker because they actually do go into a healing time. So if they get taken down to one hit point, they're actually not back until like 27 game days later, which could be you know four or five rounds before they can use them to fight again oh, at, wow. at full power. You can use them, but they just will probably die. Um, and then on top of that, you can get like uh, bonuses for your ship for your vehicle which um, allow you to do things in fight. So like you'll have like a little mini nuke that you can drop on the bad guys from your vehicle or like a healing wave you can give your guys, stuff like that that'll kind of help buff you while you're fighting in the different mini maps that you fight on. Um, but the game is super, super fun. Like it's a really great pick up and play game. It's not something that requires, you know, hours of sit down. So if it's, if you want to like sit down and play for an hour or so, that's like, perfectly doable and you know it saves progress you can pick right up where you were the next time you pick it up but um sky shines bedlam is awesome it was definitely my favorite thing at pax and i'm really glad i picked it up i think it might still be on sale it might not right now but i think it was 19.99 regularly and i think it was on sale for like 15 bucks for a little while which is pretty worth it there's a lot of replay i'm hoping it comes out on ipad as maybe a smaller version or it'd be great on ipad as well but Ooh. no announcements yet so Sky Shines Bedlam. I'm waiting to hear about this because this is a game we discovered at South in yeah. January. Yeah, South was actually the only show that uh, these guys, Double Damage, brought Rebel Galaxy to. And um, we played a little bit of it at South. We didn't really get too much of a feel for what the actual mechanics of the game would be. But Rebel Galaxy is a, an open world space exploration game with a very loose narrative. Um, has a procedurally generated galaxy. So you can actually hop to different systems and every time, you know, every basically every player will have a different experience because there are going to be different planets and different systems and different factions waging war on one another. But um, it's awesome. So you start off with a with a ship. Uh, All the ships have different components. So you can basically build your ship the way you want to. You can equip different turrets on your ship. You can equip different thrusters, different types of shields, different types of components. Uh, You can equip different mercenaries to serve alongside you. And then you fly around the galaxy, um, you know, making friends and making enemies and going on missions. And there is a, a loose narrative that ties it all together. So you're actually, you know, there is a story. You can play just the story missions that'll, you know, drive you along through the campaign. Or you can go off and actually 
um, try and you know befriend different factions. Like uh, my character right now is a member of the Mercenaries Guild, and so I'll go on these mercenary type missions and I'll gain faction points, which uh, opens up mercenary specific ships and mercenary specific weapons for ships. Uh, right now, there's 21 different spaceships, all of which look fucking gorgeous. Wow. And um, Kate will like this. The game actually has uh, branching dialogue. So, yeah. so yeah, so you can, you can be a total asshole and you can be a pirate and you can rob merchants and, uh, steal cargo, like steal like lungs and like slaves and sell, you know, be just a horrible, evil person. Or you can, you know, try and be on the up and up and actually, uh, you know, stay within the, the limits of the law and actually do good things for the galaxy and, you know, trade. You, you could honestly, like the game is so big. You could just be a merchant in this game and just fly merchant missions and deliver cargo from one port to another. Oh, or yeah, you can go out awesome. and, and fly escort missions and help um, and help merchants fly from one place to another. But it it's, you know, it's unbelievably well done. And um, double damage at its core is only two people. And when you see this game yeah. in motion, it's it's insane to think of, you know, how two guys were able to pull this game off. Yeah, it has a very... Um, firefly type feel to it the entire soundtrack is all like kind of bluegrass and like classic uh classic rock and so as you're flying around the galaxy there's like you know like really reverby guitar kind of echoing in the background and mm. when you talk to merchants they'll have like southern accents and it has this very wild west in space kind of vibe to it um and combat's great if you're a fan of the the this the ship combat in um assassin's creed uh Black Flag, this has a, a similar sort of broadside ship combat. So space is actually 2D, not 3D space. And so you actually fly up next to ships and like unleash your cannons um, in close proximity, or you know, you can control different missiles and different gun turrets, but it's not a three-dimensional space. You can actually, you know, maneuver in two dimensions. I remember so, talking to them and thinking that that was such a brilliant decision for them because they're a small team and having to deal with kind of the z-axis when you're fighting in a spaceship is is hard you know it's very yeah. difficult and, it and the combat still sick, felt too. yeah but the combat still felt great you know like you wouldn't even notice it if you were never really physically pointed out you know like oh you can't go up during combat kind of thing no yeah you really don't notice it um and it, i mean it's really really cool like you you really want to they did a great job of um rewarding you for you know running missions and making things affordable so you you might want to try out like oh I want to try out this new ship and so you'll play for like maybe an hour get enough money from running missions to try out a whole new ship you can take all your components off your old ship move it over to your new ship and then fly around in this new ship and see how that one handles and how that one performs and then you can just keep upgrading like right now I think I'm on my fifth ship um, and it's a completely different type of vessel from the the ship I started out with so it's like you can go all the way up to you know capital class just massive you know battleships. Um, from like tiny little like you know pirate skiffs all the way up to massive massive ships. Wow! But it's great. You know all sorts of different uh, factions to deal with, different alien races, um, all with different motivations, and you can befriend them and learn their technology. And uh, it's really really cool. So it's uh, right now it's uh, nineteen ninety nine on Steam. Um, uh, really really highly re- recommend it, and I think it's coming to consoles uh, this year. So yeah. it'll be coming to PS four and Xbox one this year, I would almost say unless you have a really great PC, um, wait until you, you can get it on console. It is actually built with console controls in mind. So right when you plug it in, it'll say, Hey, do you have a controller? The game will work a lot better with that. So 
it's mm. it's kind of made for um, you know having a, a PS4 or Xbox One controller in your hand. Awesome, yeah, I, I no, love it's great. I love that game when we saw it. So I'm, I'm glad you picked it up because I remember I think I wrote you guys. I was like, hey, Rebel Galaxy came out. I don't know if you're picking it up or not, but yeah, I mean, it's a lot of game for twenty bucks. That yeah. being said, it is it is open worldy, so you know you're not going to find this rich, dense, you know, Mass Effect narrative there. There is a story. It's it's a light story, um, but it really is more about exploring, finding cool stuff, upgrading your ship, you know, seeing what's out there in the galaxy. And because there are different factions and it's all procedurally generated, you could be flying around in warp and like come into the middle of a, a mega space battle between two different factions. And, you know, you can choose to participate in it or you can choose to get the hell out of there or you can wait for them to kill each other and then go around and scoop everything up with your tractor beam and go sell it. So there's a lot of really fun things you can do. It's one of the it's a relaxing game for me. Like yeah. I'll put some music on and I'll sit back in my chair like right before I go to work and I'll play for half an hour and run a few missions and be like, oh, OK, that was cool. Like it didn't require me to do all that much. It's just a very chill, fun game. Right. That's awesome. That sounds rad. Yeah, it's really good. So Rebel Galaxy, pick it up. So uh, the last thing we're going to talk about is a little difficult to review somewhat, but we'll talk about it really quick, is uh, I picked up Rock Band 4, the full band kit Rock Band 4. I got the drums, the guitar. Oh, shit. The microphone, all of that stuff. Um, it, uh, I say difficult to review because when we were talking about it coming back, a lot of our comments were, you know, I just want more rock band. Like, I don't care. I just want more rock band. And that is essentially what it is. They gave us more rock band. There's new songs as part of the uh, core catalog. And then they've slowly been adding back all the back catalog stuff. So if you purchase anything through DLC, I think all of that should be available already. And then you would have missed actually a week ago, the final date to import your rock band two or three rock band three catalog. Um, so there was like a whole way you could do that as well. If you still had the game and some other things that you had to do. And uh, so that was all pretty interesting, but it is uh, very much the same. <laughs> if you are singing or you're drumming, <laughs> if you're singing or you're drumming, it is exactly the same. There are no differences whatsoever. Um, the one thing we did notice, and I can't remember when this last was there, but Melissa likes when she's singing, she likes the static vocals, right? Where all the words show up immediately and you just kind of sing along with the track as opposed to the tracking vocals that move with the music. Mm-hmm. Do, do you guys remember this mode? Yeah, the two yeah. Different modes? They axed the static view. It's not Ooh. there. Oh, so you no. only have one view of lyrics. It's just gone. They said it might come back, but it's not there and not intended at the moment. Um, so... Uh, we've played a bunch. The big change, the biggest change uh, is on guitar, they have freestyle solo mode, which basically when you get, when you do like, when a solo hits in the song, you can choose to completely just make up your own solo, just tapping on buttons randomly, doing different random things, and it'll do it. It'll just kind of like mix in these notes along with your tapping, or you can kind of follow this new system which has like a series of blue and or orange like lines and stripes and that depicts which part of the key which part of the keys you should be on either upper or lower because you've got the higher the higher notes and the lower notes on your guitar and then if you follow sort of the pattern of like slow strumming or quick strumming or tap-ons or or like whatever you want to do it will 
create a solo around what you're doing and then you get better points for the better you kind of follow the solo if you want to um, but they don't prevent you from doing whatever the hell you want at the same time it is pretty awesome it feels really freeing when you're doing it and it sounds really badass you kind of feel like you're soloing which is unique for a thing that is basically just five plastic buttons that you're tapping um so that's really fun and the campaign mode is a little more in depth it feels a lot like rock band 3 somewhat but you get it's it's branching now so you'll like hit a part you'll hit like a you'll do a tour and you'll play like a bunch of songs and then when that tour is over you'll get like an option to either hire a stylist or hire like um a booking agent and like those things will get you different bonuses depending on which path you choose and then that's cool so like a stylist you might start winning uh outfits and different things you can wear whereas a booking agent will get you like more fans which will ultimately give you more money like there's like just different ways to kind of go through the tour and you can kind of make up your own rock band path if you want to um which is pretty cool uh they've handled the drop in drop out stuff a little bit smoother so like you know melissa comes home she can just sign in as her and she has her own set of characters and she'll load up a character and jump right in on tour if i'm already playing that kind of stuff is is a little bit smoother um and then the other neat thing that i liked a lot is if you just want to sit down and play let's say uh you can you know sit down hook up the guitar and then say play a show it'll ask you to pick a song from your library you can pick a song and then after you finish that song uh if there was a whole band there or even a more than one person it does it even with one, but the decisions are kind of made. You get to vote on whether you want to keep playing or not play. You get to vote on, it'll give you like a choice of song thing. So it might not be specific songs. It might be like a song from the nineties or something with a female lead. And like, you can choose that stuff and it's a band vote and the show will just kind of keep going and you can kind of play shows infinitely that way. So that's awesome. You, you just kind of keep voting on whether you want to keep playing or not, or whether you want to take a break, you can vote on what kind of songs you want to play. You can outvote things. Sometimes it'll give you an option once you've already voted to like try a different song if you want to. Um, so super fun, but yeah, it is very, which is why it's weird. Like it's not disappointing. It's just, you're like, Oh, they did what I wanted. And that feels (laughs) like, i guess good you know like i don't know like it's yeah yeah i think one of the problems is is like it um it's been a while so i think a lot of people forgot that they wanted that stuff yeah so they introduced all the stuff that people wanted and people were just like oh that's stuff you know it's like yeah <laughs> it's like hard to remember like oh that wasn't in rock band 3 like somewhat like you're like oh oh yeah this is new like that's cool um i think the only disappointment i had and i i totally understand why this happened it's not like a this isn't a real gripe really but we, we talked a little bit about it on slack is that i kind of wish the instruments were upgraded in some way or that there there was some new feel to them somewhat yeah. because plopping down the same exact price that i paid eight years ago for these instruments because i sold mine with the 360 because i was one of the people who two years ago was like they're never making another rock band and like, <laughs> <laughs> sold all my stuff so i had to rebuy everything and I'm not like frustrated that I had to rebuy it. I'm just a little frustrated that I opened it up and it's like the same drum kit, the same guitar, the same wired microphone. And I'm mm-hmm. like, eh, the technology's advanced at this point. Like even a wireless mic would have been like, Oh cool. I don't, you know, it's not the same old wired USB mic. It's a wireless one or, you know, I don't know the symbols included with the drums or something like just anything to make it feel like I bought a new thing and not necessarily, I just respent the same money I spent before on the same thing that I had. It was the only thing that was a little like, Oh, 
like even the guitar looks exactly the same. Like they didn't do a new model guitar even like, Oh wow. They could have done like a Les Paul or an SG or something or a Telecaster, you know, whatever. And it's just like, here's another strat. And you're like, okay. (laughs) That's weird. (laughs) So I think that's my only like minor gripe. Otherwise I'm I'm having an absolute blast that I play it all the time. It's kind of, that's kind of my sit down and just, play something game like when i don't want to be engaged with halo like trying to shoot which is stressful sometimes like rock band to me is just fun to sit down and play music so i'm enjoying it a lot uh but yeah there 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 is an element of like weird you know like feels the same kind of thing and also an element of like "Ah, i just wish it felt upgraded a little bit more but i don't really even know what my i don't have any real way to voice what that upgrade would even be so i don't know that they missed a mark it just kind of feels like it seems like a rough position to have made a game that was such like a pinnacle experience for a genre like you know nothing was rock band guitar hero faded like immediately when rock band came out like rock band just nailed it you know nailed that feel of party music and and party game and and enjoyable even for musicians and music people like it just it just nailed it and then so for them to release it again you're like oh it's still still nailing it (laughs) (laughs) it's it's hard to take something that was arguably perfect and then you know try and recreate that perfection because we still remember the perfection yeah and we still remember like those great memories of everybody getting together and playing you know and our families playing i have memories of my parents at my you know, my college graduation party playing rock band with me that, you know, that are really fond memories. Yeah. And so if the mechanics haven't changed all that much since that time, you know, a lot of people have such intense nostalgia for certain games. Recreating that game almost exactly is always going to create this this kind of pit in your stomach of a little bit of disappointment, even though if it's undeserved, you know. Well, and it's so. tough for them, too, because I know one of the biggest things when they did that survey was everybody wanted to be able to reuse the instruments, right? Mm-hmm. which means they can't upgrade the instruments really like there's not they they were limited in what they could do at that point to change the instruments because if they're going to enable backwards compatibility they have to enable it you know it has to be basically the same like almost a one for one so they they couldn't do what guitar hero did which was toss out the old game entirely and rethink what their instrument was going to be because they knew that that was the biggest complaint and to be fair not complaint but want or desire right and to be fair like Rock Band is a bigger investment with much more in instrumentation involved. So it's kind of like hard for them to as well. So I don't know. It It is super fun. And if you have all your old Rock Band equipment, you should absolutely go get the game. There's like zero reason to not own Rock Band 4. Um, and if you don't, you know, if if you really loved the drums and or want the full band experience, then go get the band in the box. I happen to really love the drums. I I'm like secretly always not so secretly always wanted to be a drummer and not a guitarist or a singer. So <laughs> like for me, it's like my ability to like live vicariously through a game. But if, if you just loved playing rock band, like just get the one with the guitar in it. Like it's still super fun. You can still, you know, basically play karaoke while somebody else plays guitar and it's awesome. So nice. Still recommended, still fun as crap, but yeah, it's definitely hard to match the nostalgia, I guess, is the best way to put it. Yeah. You guys well, want to take, take a, a break? Yeah, let's do that. Do some aquatage. Question of the week. Do it.
right, so we're back with our inappropriate question of the week. And uh, this week, I was just kind of curious on what everyone's been up to. So I asked, what have you been up to? Uh, we want details <laughs> of what you've been playing, watching, eating, and doing. And uh, the first one is actually from our good friend Amanda at Fluid Fire on Twitter. She says she's been playing uh, Witcher 3. Uh, Kofi, what is that? Knights of the... Knights of... Oh, man. Fallen uh, Empire. Thank you. Knights of the Fallen Empire. Is that right? Did I make that it up? It is. I think so. Oh, I think you're right. Nailed it. Uh, she got into Supernatural, which means she has like 25 seasons of uh, those two guys talking to each other. And <laughs> on the last episode of Life is Strange, which I also finished, um, so good. Oh, Fallen really Empire good. is a SWOTOR expansion. I heard it's really oh. good, actually. Yeah. I heard it's like vintage Bioware greatness. That's awesome. Oh, shoot. I need to pick that up. Yeah. That's so cool she got into Supernatural because I fell down the same hole. And it is <laughs> it is actually a very fun show, weirdly. I wanted to hate it, but it's like, you know, it's fun. It's goofy. It's like if you liked... It's what I imagine people loved about Buffy somewhat, which is probably not cool to say, but it's yeah, just I mean, goofy, fun, Supernatural stuff. It is the title. Nat at Stumpy Nat says, Sotor, Knights of the Fallen Empire, learning coding. Hey, cool. Working, drinking coffee, and writing. Nice. My life is coding. You guys can tweet at me. I'll give you coding tips. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I don't know. This is you, Kate. Uh, yeah. Uh, Giner at Regener said, Tales from the Borderlands and Fallout 4. So soon, so excited. Awesome. Also, plain cookie chips are delicious. Mm. And then that is. And then a website that kind of sounds like it might be an adult website. (laughs) (laughs) This is the cookie chips website. It is. What is a cookie chip? Cookie chips. I think, I think cookie chips are like crispy cookies. It's like pretzel chips, but cookies. Whoa. Kind of right right now. That sounds so good. Yeah. All right. Tasman at Tasman says lots of elder scrolls online on the PS4. Um, recently started on divinity, original sin, enhanced edition. Well worth the buy heard good things that game is great yeah yeah bethany uh at hemiart congratulations uh says moving to la eating tacos watching simply allegra play uh assassin's creed and getting ready for fallout 4 and riot which is the congratulations part yeah she's crazy so happy for her working at riot that's badass yeah that's awesome uh up next is joe haberly at cliffy joel after playing the expansion for Sorter, I've decided to go on a Kingdom Hearts binge before I lose myself to Fallout 4. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people playing Sotor again. That kind of actually makes me happy. I don't know if yeah. I'll actually go back and ever play it again, but um, I hear that expansion is actually really good. So yeah. who knows? Yeah. Um, Carlo at Platinum Fist. Hey, buddy. He says, uh, Dying Light, Life is Strange, Forza 6, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., The Walking Dead, Trying to Eat Healthy and Keeping Busy at the Office. Awesome. Uh, Rasmus at Rasmus SVN says life is strange. Finish its first season. Congratulations then, by the way, making any other gaming experience this year pale in comparison, at least for me. It was really good. I don't know if you guys have finished it up. Yet, I have but not. No, Melissa's yeah. actually ahead of me in that game. So yeah. I got to catch up. Yeah, you got to catch up. You'll like it, man. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, up next, we have TJS at FL Todd uh, playing Destiny, the Taken King. Woo! Watching Scream King, Queens, eating pizza, and doing what I can do to continue doing everything prior. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Uh, N7 Coles, Michael Coles says, Destiny, too much Destiny. Also, I've been hanging on Twitch more than I thought I would. You and me both, man. Yeah. This is this is sort of my dark secret for work. I've probably I've probably been on Twitch for like hundreds of hours at this point, hosting Twitch streams, which is something I never thought I would do, but I have. So it's weird. I still don't get it. Yay! I'm old. <laughs> Nate Hales at N Hales eighty says, "Oh, you know League and Final Fantasy fourteen? Yes. Yeah. But recently, I have been back at the ME three multiplayer. What a revolution that was! So Truth, good. Truth, so- bruv." Uh, Amelia at Desert Hooker watching so many X Files. Yes. That show is so whack, and Mulder is so damn funny. <laughs> Coming back. <laughs> Coming back. Uh, Alyssa, Did you guys watch the preview for that, by the way? No, I didn't. No. Oh, you should go watch the preview for it. It's great. Is it going to be good? I'm nervous. Oh, it'll be good. Yeah, it'll be fine. Uh, at Lisabit says it's been an all house. It's been all house remodel all the time since February. Finally got my Xbox and living room back this month. Sweet Dragon Age Inquisition. <laughs> She's been posting like on Twitter, like before and after shots of her kitchen getting redone and all this stuff. It's insanity. It's awesome. I can't imagine. I owned a house for a while, and you, you have a house, Ash. Like, did you you redid your kitchen, right? Yeah, it sucked ass. It's that's the craziest <laughs> thing to me to think that you're just like, well, for this month, I just won't have a kitchen. And then <laughs> the, the worst <laughs> is we we redid our bathroom and we just had like a, a handyman redo the bathroom. This is a long time ago, but it's when I had uh, three roommates. So for basically for, I don't know about three and a half months, I had no bathroom and I, we all shared one bathroom. So it was like <gasps> four dudes, four dudes sharing one bathroom and like one, you know, one bathroom totally blown up for wow. months and months and months. And it was, it was absolutely terrible. Oh no. Yeah. Remodeling man. It's a thing. A lot of, lot of peeing in the yard happened. Just saying. Oh, my God. You made Christina <laughs> pee in the yard? <laughs> oh, she wasn't there yet. That would have been that you, she wasn't Ash. Yeah, oh, yeah. You and Ash? It? Is that what I just said? Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> Ritzy, at Ritzy Fox. There's a cuss word. I apologize to everybody. Remember when we successfully did Borderlands 2 raids on 360? Good fucking times, yo. Tales from the Borderlands is such a fantastic game. It plus it plus friends has made me dive hard back into two and the pre sequel. Awesome. I actually had a dream. This is real. I had a dream about playing Borderlands the other day. Oh my god! And it's made me want to go because I never finished two, nor did I ever play the pre sequel. It has made me want to go back and and play them. Two is just probably one of my my favorite gaming experiences ever. I, yeah, I well, you Screwballs got like fourteen levels ahead of me before I could get into the game, and then I just fell out of it. And it was a very hard game to solo, so I never. That is never true. Yeah, finished it. the solo experience is not great. Yeah, those good times. Well, that's it, guys. We did it. We we recorded uh, two hours and twenty two minutes. Two hours. <laughs> 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 Let's hope Scott has to edit this. Oh man! Let's hope so because if it's me, it might not come out. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness! I'm kidding. We'll get it out. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening to episode 216 of the Rated NA podcast. Uh, big thanks to Kate for coming and hanging out. Thank you, Kate. Woo. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. And uh, we're gonna try and get back on schedule here and yeah. uh, do more. I think more we've of both these. survived our crunches, so we can start. Yeah, we found that the magic combo is not only having one of us be free at any specific time, but right. two of us be free at any specific time. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah, there was a time when it was like, you know, Scott for like a week and then Matt for like a week and then I was, you know, preoccupied for like two months, so yeah. it was it was not easy, but uh, we should be okay now. And um 
we're we're excited to get back to business and celebrate our five year anniversary. Yay! Yay. And uh, you guys can find us on Twitter at NerdAppropriate. Feel free to, of course, subscribe to the show and uh, go to our Facebook page, which is slash NerdAppropriate on Facebook. And uh, we're pretty much still everywhere. So if you go to Google and type NerdAppropriate, you can find us and, you know, and and hear our words for thousands of hours. Hear our words. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll be back next week with all new stuff. Yeah. Later, guys. three years to finish those books probably tell them uh everything that's gonna be on the show oh we didn't do that no we should just do it now scott's not here we can break the rules (laughs) i'll fix it in editing or he will (laughs) one or the other